tell by the, the new banners that we have on the sides of the church and the things taking place, we are entering into the next three weeks being our missions emphasis time within our church. For those of you that may not be accustomed or know too much about us, we believe strongly that, uh, in fact, our vision statement states that locally to globally, pursuing every heart with the love of Jesus, we believe that a church's responsibility does not end at the walls of our church but needs to reach out into our community and around the world. And you're going to hear today a little bit about uh, some of the outreach that we have had recently to go around the world as you hear the team that just got back from Ecuador and uh, what God has done in their lives and I believe that some of that is going to begin to plant a seed in the heart of some of you uh, so that you can participate in the next missions trip that we have. Next week, I'm going to be able to have an opportunity to speak uh, my heart as it relates to the vision of missions within our church. And then two weeks from today, I need you to mark on your calendar. I've got Jay Mooney, the National Director of Family Services for the Assemblies of God, who's going to be here as a special speaker for us. And uh, you're going to want to come and bring all of the friends that you have because he's a phenomenal, phenomenal communicator of the gospel with a great missions heart. And that will be a highlight for us. And so please make sure that you're here over these next three weeks. Uh, and uh, just open your heart to whatever the Lord has for you. But I want to introduce to you our missions team. And uh, Mike, take it away. Good morning, Grace Assembly. My name is Mike Morano. This is my wife, Gloria. I had the privilege of serving as our team leader for the Ecuador trip. Um, the bugs did need their own category. Um, so, Alex, thank you for that. Um, it was an amazing adventure. Um, we're going to have some testimonies to share with you guys about our trip. Um, but to start, um, I just want to thank all you guys for your prayers and your support um, for missions in our church. Um, regardless of what we were going through throughout our trip, we could feel just being bathed in, in prayer. Um, and, and God's divine appointments throughout this trip really rang true to my heart. Um, and just every single puzzle piece that could have been a different way was just perfectly set in place. Um, and, and that's through your faithfulness and your commitment to prayer and your support uh, of us in, in missions. Um, so we'll get started with some testimony, and I hope you guys enjoy. He did not eat that cockroach, by the way. <laughs> um, like Mike said, I'm Gloria, and um, this trip did uh, a lot in my life, and one of the things that um, God spoke to me within this trip was um, I went there thinking I was going to do something else. I actually started doing something else for about half hour when I was called into changing up my role a little bit. And so um, God used my past and what I had as regret and um, sorrow in my past, and he changed it and he made it where it was something beautiful that he used for his glory. Um, so I was able to recognize that and say, you know what, this is exactly where I needed to be. Um, another thing was I love kids, and so being in the first position, I Kids were around all the time. Don't get me wrong. They are everywhere. <laughs> if you're there and you might have a snack, they're there. Um, so I just love kids. And being in the clinic and being able to speak to the kids and even hold some of the kids, that was where I was like, I'm where I needed to be. This is right where God wanted me. Um, so a lot of this trip spoke tons to me because, of course, I speak the dialect. I'm Hispanic. And so um, I was able to talk to people and love on people, but then I thought to myself, God's changing my heart because when I was a child, I was almost ashamed to be Spanish because of where I grew up. And I didn't want to admit to some people I was Spanish. I'd try to hang out with people that weren't Hispanic <laughs> just because of the way we were growing up. And being there, God was like, this, this is it. Like, this is what I've been getting you ready for, right? To love on people who are just like you. You're no different. I love you all the same. And so get it together, sister. This is what you're here for. <laughs> and so I just, just every aspect of it, there's so much more. And they're all going to talk about some stuff. And we were saying, like, we don't have enough time to tell you how much we went through and saw God work through and in our lives, in our hearts, and in, in Ecuador in general. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Amanda, and I'm going to start my testimony off a little bit on a practical note, um, but God is awesome. That when praying and deciding to go on this trip, uh, this is my first missions trip. I knew that God wanted me to go, but my biggest worry was why exactly wanted me to go on this trip. If for anyone that knows me personally, you know I don't like bugs. 
I don't like humid weather, <laughs> and I get motion sickness very easily. Um, I also had a lot of stomach issues in the past year, but God didn't see a problem there. He was like, I have this, don't even worry about that. So I knew God was going to help me in all of this, getting prepared. So knowing that, um, I signed up, I paid my first payment um, towards the trip, and put my faith and trust in him 100%. Uh, when I say God is awesome, he is awesome. As soon as I did that, God just flew the gates open. Money being donated for my trip, supplies being donated, and what I needed to buy, uh, excuse me, what I needed being bought for me, uh, money I didn't even know I had was there. My bills were paid, and extra money for planning um, for the trip was just available at my hands. Even if I had tried to um, back out of it at this point, <laughs> Um, God was like, no, and I was like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in it 100% now. There's no way I can back out of this. Each week became exciting, and also I found myself um, happy and emotional, but in a good way, um, praying and getting prepared for the trip. Also, God stretched me, and not where I thought he was going to stretch me. As a matter of fact, in one of our uh, meetings before the trip, I remember Deb Anderson saying, like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to be sharing your testimonies. And I was like, what? I don't know. Like, I'm a very private person when it comes to my life. I'm very social, yes, the people that know me, but I'm very private when it comes to my heart. And I, I wasn't ready for that, but God prepared me. This was, um, I gave my testimony in Kumai. That's where we stayed. It's one of the villages, um, which, by the way, was an extremely rainy night. When I say rain, everything in the Amazon is, like, ten times bigger. So, in fact, the rain was so heavy that... Um, Deb Anderson um, spoke in Spanish to Pastor Tim and said, you can't, give the, you can't preach a sermon tonight. It's raining so hard, nobody can hear anything. But for some reason, that comforted me because I was able to go up on stage and give my testimony. And it worked out well. <laughs> so um, I'm realizing that God is stretching me, um, and I very much want to be obedient in, in this process and not fight it. Lastly, the trip was so much, excuse me, the trip was so smooth and flawless due to the incredible planning and the prayers upon us. And God was leading the way, way ahead of the trip. I still need to hear from, I still needed to hear from God. So on the way home, um, we had three flights back home. Yes, I said three flights. One of the plane rides, I was reading the Bible and God directed me to a text. It's found in James chapter two, verses 14 through 26. I'm not going to read the entire text, but I am going to read you the last scripture of that text. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. In this book, he w uh, James was talking to born-again real Christians. He was trying to get them to understand their faith in God and to use that faith to live holy in the church and in their lives. Now, James is not saying you have to do works to be a Christian and make it to heaven. He is talking to the Christians, already born-again believers, saying it doesn't stop at just having faith in God. See, God knows I am undeniably faithful to him. And the, I rededicated my life 11 years ago. And him and him alone, I know I have forgiveness, and he has love for me. But he wants you to have an obedient faith. Faith without action is dead. And going on this trip showed that I have obedient faith which is not to be confused with the faith I have in God already. My challenge for you, church, is do you have faith? But what does God put in your heart? What are you going to do in action of that faith? Amen. Uh, <clears throat> so my name is Nick. Um, back in January of this year, um, I had come to Grace Assembly. Um, I'm a Teen Challenge graduate, so I work at Teen Challenge. So we go to different churches every Sunday. Um, you never see us at the same place twice in one year. So the fact that I came that Sunday and Pastor Doug was talking about missions and he brought up Tim Anderson and he's an ex-Teen Challenge Syracuse graduate, it just felt really called to like go on this trip. So um, I pursued it and I told myself, I was like, all right, I'm gonna take one more step and then if like the Lord is blessing it, then it's gonna be butter, right? So I keep taking steps and everything is like going really well and 
Um, I'm like all worried about this money that it costs to go on the trip. I got it in three donations. You know, the Lord blessed me in that way. But as I was preparing for this trip, uh, I suddenly fell very sick and um, my um, body started to attack my brain. So I couldn't, um, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't see, I could barely hear. Um, all of my senses were starting to go. I couldn't feel my entire body. And um, I was like, um, I was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and given like a very short period of time to live. And that was really hard for me. And I felt called to this mission. And, you know, and the Lord had like given me so many pieces of direction for the rest of my life that you can ask Jen. She was my nurse when I was at Upstate. <laughs> Like, talk about the Lord being throughout the whole thing, right? Um, you can ask her. I didn't believe it. Like, I was just like, you know, I was not called to live on this earth for 24 years and die of terminal brain cancer. It just doesn't make sense. And it didn't make sense because it wasn't a reality. And, um, you know, throughout the last three months when I unfortunately missed the trip and everything like that, I'll just share a little testimony about what the Lord uh, redeemed in my life um, while these guys were gone and everything like that. So uh, obviously I can walk, I can talk again, I can see most of your faces. Not, that's why it's so easy to talk right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I can see, but I can't feel my entire body. But the point is, is I do not have terminal brain cancer. I have an autoimmune disease. I almost forgot to add that one in there. Um, and, and hopefully I will never have a widespread attack in my brain ever again. But the point is, is all of the things that I lost, the Lord gave back to me. Andy gave me a wonderful team here on stage that never once made me feel like I wasn't part of the team, even though I didn't go on the trip. So I thank you. My name is Debbie Sadal. Um, I was not going to go on this trip. I really had no desire, and I was pretty sure that God didn't have any desire either. And Debbie Anderson just nudged me a couple of times. She's like, I think you're supposed to go. I'm like, for what? I'm getting old. Like, do we really need to go to the jungle? And I knew Jim was going, and I, I, would, I wanted to see what he had done 22 years ago, and I wanted to see what the Andersons have been doing but I didn't want to go. And so, as with my other two missions trips that I was never going to take, um, the Lord said, you could pray about it. I was like, oh, all right, Lord. Do you want me to go? That really was not a good attitude. And the Lord confirmed that he really did want me to go. So, okay, now you work through the next stage, which is the fear of all the things that you don't want to encounter on a missions trip that you hear might be there, especially knowing he was there 22 years ago. I heard some things I didn't want to experience. <laughs> so I worked through a lot of that and got people would say, are you excited about the trip? I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, as some of you know, had some very serious um, health issues. And um, one of the main things the doctor would keep telling me is, you can't get any bacteria. Like, you got to wash everything. No bacteria. And so I'd say, God, you know, do you know about this? And he, he would only say, trust me. And then he even moved to, I felt like he was saying, trust me enough that you'll get some more healing while you're there. And I thought, well, that's weird. I did, I did come back, and my, I saw my doctor last week, and actually my levels have improved for the first time in years. So I did want to, so I, I had a little bit of this hesitation to really engage with the children because of the bacteria issues and I've got some brand new grandbabies and I really just thought I want to take something home so I was being a little cautious and I wanted to engage and so my heart was torn and I prayed about it and the Lord brought this wonderful little 11 year old boy Bin Hamin which is Benjamin but and I got to work laying bricks, filling in cracks between bricks. We worked together. And I found that we could speak the language of brick laying together and the language of love. And uh, one of the women that works there shared that 
He has a very difficult life. You would never know it. He worked like a little man. And I got to just engage with him, and it filled that part of my heart that really wanted to invest in the lives of the children, and I will keep him in my heart. It was very precious. Hi, I'm Jim Siddall. Um, sorry. I, uh, I like bugs. Um, I'm not afraid of bugs, not afraid of the jungle. Um, if you look at the picture behind me, you'll see that uh, what I was afraid of. That is a thousand foot cliff. And uh, I mean, we couldn't even get out of the, the door on that side. We had to get out the driver door. We had to pick up and move the vehicle over so another truck going the other way could pass by without bumping us. Um, and that was hours, and that was my fear. That was the anxiety that I felt for the leading up to it. Um, I don't like flying, but I can do it. Um, I don't like public speaking. I can do it. Um, <laughs> but that was my fear, and, 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 and the Lord really pushed me on it because I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I, I knew that I could, I knew that this road was, was there. This, this was, this is a nightmare 22 years ago. And so my fear ended up, it was uh, paved, it was guardrailed, and the worst of the curves and closest, the ones closest to the cliffs um, were all tunneled. So it was, it was amazing. It was all for nothing, but that was my, and the, and the Lord kind of pushed me on that, was, you know, to trust in him, because that would be the only reason why I wouldn't go, was that right there. But he did speak to me um, about um, short-term missions, and, and because I had been on missions before, and what do you do, and, and are you making an impact? Are you really changing things? Are you really making a difference? We made part of a church. Are we making part of a difference? And that's, that's what's running through my mind and my heart. And uh, Amy had put in the pamphlet, that we the notebook that she gave us to work out of, uh, in the back it talked about ministering to the missionary not to the people. Not that you aren't ministering to them, but you don't know them. You can't speak to them unless you're with a translator, which is usually the missionary. And so it was, it just kind of made everything that I've done in, in previous mission trips, it made it understandable that it was okay to do just a part because I'm ministering to the missionaries Who are making a difference? So, um, in in closing, for me, um, the other thing was I wanted to see the village. I did the. You saw the blue and white building um, that was used for the medical. Um, that was the church that we built 22 years ago. Um, actually, I think Bill Senecal is the only one that's left. It's still in church here with me that went on the trip. Um, and it was nice to see the change. Um, they actually, the jungle village that we landed in and stayed in, we stayed in Kamai this time. Um, we landed in Kamai last time because there was no runway and no roads. Now they got roads. Kamai actually has street lights. It's got 10 street lights. I got a picture of it. It was amazing to see a street light. Now you're 75 miles out into the jungle. Um, and, and so the change was good. Hi, my name is Lassia. So um, this whole trip was a huge eye-opener for me and for all of us, I'm sure. Um, it has put a lot of things into perspective. Um, it made me realize how much we have 
to be grateful for and how um, often we forget to be thankful for uh, simple things like warm houses, um, blankets that we have uh, to cover ourselves at night, um, food that we can eat for breakfast. Um, and uh, one of the situations um, in the clinic made me realize that the most. So on our first day um, at the clinic, we started at 9 a.m. and around 10 a.m., my husband, Alex, um, he says to me, hey, is your thermometer broken? And I said, why? And he said, because everybody's temperature is around 95 degrees Fahrenheit. And I've noticed it, but I thought to myself that if they're all having the same temperature, it's okay. So I was like, okay, let's check if the thermometer is working well. So I took my temperature. It was 98 Fahrenheit. Then I took Debbie's. Uh, temperature and I took Alex's temperatures and all three of us had around 98 temperature which is normal for everybody. However, all the jungle people that were coming to us, uh, they kept on having temperatures of 95. And that was continuing until about 11.30 a.m. Um, that day. And then uh, we took a break for lunch, and we were talking about it. We were actually sharing with everybody about it. And Debbie has, we were like wondering, why is it this way? Um, so Debbie shared with us that, you know, most of those jungle people, they um, don't have beds to sleep on, and they don't even have blankets to cover themselves with. And the nights in the jungle are actually very cold. It's hot during the day, but it gets cold at night. It drip, d goes down to like 50s, right? Uh, 60s, 50s. And um, these huts uh, that they live in, they, like, they have uh, windows, holes, but there's no glass. There's nothing to keep them warm. So they're cold at night. And then in the morning, uh, most of those people don't have food for breakfast, so they don't eat breakfast. And um, we came to a conclusion that their bodies are probably in a hypothermia state when and they wake up in the morning, and uh, they don't start, start warming up until about 11.30ish, 12 o'clock, when the air in the jungle gets to warm up. So after like noon, after the lunch we had, I've noticed the temperatures of people going up, um, to somewhat normal, but they were still kind of lower. Um, so it made me realize how often uh, we forget um, to thank God for what we have and uh, how often we complain about things that are not, you know, necessary to complain about. We shouldn't complain at all. Um, so I would like to encourage every one of you uh, if you have an opportunity, um, go on short-term missions trip uh, because we are all called. The Bible tells us that we are all called. We just need to respond to the call. And if you can't go on the trip, there are many other ways that you can support missionaries um, through prayers, through finances, um, through encouraging, and so many other ways. Hi, my name is Alex. Um, so God really put my faith to the test um, on this trip um, in regards to um, setting up a clinic and starting from scratch. And um, I've never been there before um, and not knowing the medical conditions of the people. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, um, what do you bring in questions like that? Um, and um, God from the very beginning um, worked in miraculous ways and um, Buying uh, over $7,000 worth of medical supplies was quite the feat um, to accomplish. Um, and um, God really went um, over and beyond what I thought was going to ever happen. Um, majority of those expenses were covered. Um, and <clears throat> um, that was at the very beginning. Um, traveling, uh, we were uh, carrying over 300 pounds of medications in, the th in six suitcases. Um, and when we got to customs in Ecuador, um, nobody even looked twice um, alongside with all the other equipment that we had. Um, so that was a, a miraculous blessing. Um, and then the last thing that uh, I'd like to share was um, 
uh, on the final day when um, our bus had broken down um, as we were leaving the driveway. Um, and uh, that took about an hour, hour and a half to get out of the driveway. Um, there was um, something that um, at first I thought was like, Lord, really? Um, I was like, we're stuck. Now we got to undig ourselves. Um, but God knew what he, what he was doing. And during that hour, hour and a half, um, um, one of one of the uh, uh, missionaries, uh, Cindy, she came up to me and said, um, there's a baby that's really, really sick. Um, can you please see this <clears throat> um, child? And um, it was um, a really high fever. I couldn't even, you know, uh, measure it because we didn't have anything on us. We put everything away. Um, and this baby was just lethargic, kind of, you know, slouching in the mother's um, um, uh, hands there. And so I went back to the clinic, went and got some of the medication. Uh, <clears throat> I had one more bottle of Tylenol that I was able to give them. Um, and that was something that um, definitely was meant to be. And um, the other aspect was um, on the bus, um, we had um, a patient of ours that we were transporting to the hospital for further care. Um, and um, that person gave their heart to Jesus along with his girlfriend, um, made a commitment to, um, to get married to her, um, and um, got Gloria to be the godmother of the child. <laughs> so um, it, it, was, it was awesome. And the third thing was, and um, somebody mentioned it earlier already, was um, the bus driver who got saved um, the night before, the two nights ago, got bit by a poisonous spider, and all the villagers freaked out about it because it's eminent death, essentially. Um, but um, we realized that by, you know, a hand of God that, you know, his skin wasn't pierced. Um, during the bite, and, and he was fine, and he drove us all the way back. Um, so um, what an awesome blessing, and thank you for your support. I know you guys contributed to the um, medication aspect, and all those donations, um, we used almost everything. Um, so um, what a blessing. Thank you. Hi, my name's Elena. For those of you who don't know me, um, I wasn't planning on going on this trip either. Uh, Jake was going to go, and he's like, I'm going with her without you. And I was like, well, maybe I should go. I don't, I don't know. So I, I was like nervous and anxious, and, and I started to kind of pray about it. And all of my anxiety sort of went away, and the funds started to come in. And down to the last $50 I needed, my um, grandmother's friend who works with her, uh, she was like, hey, give this to Yelena. And it was, I needed 40 and God gave me 50 <laughs> So it was just amazing as far as just getting me there. Um, and when we were there, it was kind of um, striking to me just seeing the need. Um, I just wish that we had brought more clothes, more things, more snacks to give out, like just to be able to give more. Um, so there's always a need for funds, for missionaries, for support for them, for prayer. Um, and on the trip, I was kind of challenged by God to um, share my testimony. And I was terrified and didn't want to do it um, because it was something that was very painful in my life and something that has kind of, for a long time, been something that has kind of stopped me in many ways and created many roadblocks for me. But being on this trip, I've realized that, you know, you have, I have a story and you all have a story and your story can help someone else heal. So the, I think it was the last service and I was like, all right, God, like, I don't know if I'm going to share my testimony. I don't really want to, but if you want me to, someone's going to ask me to. And what do you know? Mike goes, so Yelena, you ready? And I'm like, no, all right, Mike and God, sure, I'll share my testimony. So... I did, and um, I have a verse that I kind of shared there that has been sort of popping back up in my life a few times, and it's, um, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise, Jeremiah seventeen fourteen, And that really resonated with me because I always kind of thought of myself as broken and and unfixable, and, and I always thought that the thing that happened to me was going to define the rest of my life, but God said, no, um, if I say you're healed, you're healed, and you are saved, and you will praise me, and 
that kind of really resonated with me. And I was grateful that I was, um, that he gave me the boldness and the courage to share my story because a lot of the young girls there needed to hear it. And because I was obedient in sharing it, I felt blessed um, afterwards. So thank you. Hi, my name is Jacob. Um, I started coming to this church three years ago with my girlfriend, Yelena. Um, I was coming for her. She asked me to. Um, I used to be Catholic. I stopped for over 10 years. Um, I had no interest, no desire. And then I came here, um, and it totally opened my eyes. It was completely different. Um, I fell in love with this place. I started coming for me instead of for her. She sometimes, oh, I don't want to get up in the morning. I'm like, get up, we're going to church. Um, and at that point in my life, it, my life sort of just got stale. Um, I didn't enjoy school, so I dropped out. I started working. Um, the job was okay, it's easy, um, but there just wasn't much in my life. And then I heard this missions trip. And for some reason, I wanted to go. There was no doubt in my mind. Nothing could turn me down. I'd get that money somehow. Um, so I went. I paid for it in full. Um, and I, th I think I wanted to go on this trip for me, just to revamp my life, just to start anew. Um, but it was for them as well. The people there, um, they have nothing, but they love everything. They love you so much, they give you everything they have. Um, Debbie mentioned a little boy, Benjamin. Um, we didn't feed the children because there was so many. Um, so once lunchtime came around, we'd have to send them back to their home so they could eat. Um, but Benjamin worked with us, so we gave him a sandwich. And he even came back to the house with us that night before the church service, so we fed him dinner. Um, and we, where we were living, the pastor lived right next door, and they had six children seven children, and <laughs> they have a, a handful. Um, we had extra food, we gave Benjamin doubles, and instead of eating it, which is probably more food he's seen in a week than he has in probably his whole lifetime, he gave it up. Um, he let the other children eat, because they have nothing, but they give their life, and that is the love of God. Um, they opened my eyes to that, so I hope that I can show you guys, um, show Syracuse, show the community that part of um, the trip. Um, and I just want to hope that you guys can do the same. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Jared. Um, this uh, trip has been incredible. Um, you know, everything before and afterward, I could spend the next two hours if you guys are willing to hear it. but. Uh, Unfortunately, I only have a few minutes. So um, there's two general themes um, that I came to the conclusion that, you know, really wrap up um, and, you know, really uh, grasp what this trip was like for me. Um, and that's, firstly, that God is full of love. Um, and secondly, God is full of grace. Um, you know, God being full of love, you know, when I got there and we were, you know, finally made it into the jungle, I was reading a note. Um, and the, it said that their prayer for me was that I would see these people the way God does. And instantly, you know, I could see these people, all the kids, all the parents, you know, everybody the, through the eyes of God. And I just felt so much compassion and my heart was so full for these people. Um, and I just wanted nothing to, more than to just be with them and serve them, um, and connect with them and, you know, just, you know, help them in any way I could. Um, now, luckily for me, uh, you know, I remember a little bit of my Spanish from high school, so I was able to uh, talk to some of the kids here and there, um, which was just an absolute blessing. You know, I was really able to connect with them. Um, and towards the end of the week, you know, just playing with them and just having fun, you know, because, again, they were kids, even though they're, you know, don't got a lot, but, you know, and they were willing to help us out. They still wanted to play, and it was a real good time. Um, and I just felt so blessed with that. Um, and secondly, God being full of grace, you know, you hear all the things that just really worked out in our favor. Like, God's grace was with us 100% the whole entire way. Um, you know, if you think about all the things that we went through with no issues, it's 
it doesn't even sound real. Um, you know, you see the picture of us, you know, in the video of us not being able to get up the hill um, with that road, you know, we had to get out and fill in those holes multiple times because it was too dangerous or it was not possible for us to get up there. Um, you know, but we still made it to work on time every day and did what we had to do. Um, and then, you know, leaving when we, you know, Alex said it took us about an hour and a half and a half, you can see right there. You know, we're digging out the tires, we're filling in rocks, we're putting in planks, doing whatever. We had about 15, 20 guys pushing the bus, trying to get it out. Um, you know, and turning over those rocks, you don't know what's coming out there. There was, you know, as you said, the poisonous spiders, you know, I'm, I was ready to go. I was in my sandals. So I'm like, you know, I got bugs crawling all over me. You know, praise God, nothing happened. Um, you know, and I know some of us had some fears about, you know, food because, you know, we got to be careful with the water and the food, like what's, you know, bacteria and all that. And, you know, praise God, nobody got sick. We were all just... Um, completely healthy and able to push through, no injuries, and, um, you know, got through, got there safely, got back safely without, you know, any um, any issues at all. And it was just amazing. You know, God was just totally with us the whole way. Um, and as a lot of them have said, you know, the Holy Spirit was upon us the whole entire time, and it was, it was uh, incredible. Yes, my name is Paul, and... Um this was my first uh, missions trip um, when Tim Anderson came back in, uh, I believe it was February. Um, he, would, he had spoken about this um, Ecuador trip, and uh, I had gotten a huge nudge and from, from God. And I even looked around me because the nudge had gotten, I... Um, Thought it was by somebody else, and um, and at first that that they kind of you know really got my interest, and uh, so I talked to Mike a little bit about this, and he said there was a meeting um, to uh, about the trip, and uh, so lo and behold, um, there was a lot of things that I had I had to get answered, you know, you know how is this all going to come through, and and uh, and. Uh, a lot of trust and, and prayer. And uh, so um, through that um, and through getting to know the team, it was, it was, it was, it's been awesome experience. And not only with that, but um, in prep, in preparing for the trip. And uh, um, so away we are. And um, some of, some, some of the people have already mentioned, like right from the getting to the airport, um, God's blessings were all, all around us and, and just guiding us with the um, the airport attendant to running into, um, you know, um, people that I knew from around the community and asking me, literally going through custom lines, where am I going? And I was telling them that I was going to, you know, Ecuador to spread the love of Jesus to those in Ecuador and, and those that we encounter. And uh, it, it was um, it, it was quite an enormous experience, um, both spiritually, physically, all, all the way around. Um, I, I just um, was touched so much by the, the children uh, that were there. I was touched by the staff of Cindy and, and, and uh, Walt that were there um, with uh, part of uh, the missionaries with Tim and Deb. Um, and, uh, and no matter what, uh, God was always there. God was there through uh, with us and, and showing us throughout the way. Um, even in the times that were, were answers weren't, um, weren't evident. God was there, and uh, and for me, um, I was talking to Deb one day, and um, see, there's other churches that were being built in Ecuador, and um, um, Tim was, Deb was coming home, we're on our way back, and Deb said that, um, you know, that that Tim was not going to be here, and Tim's going to, you know, there's going to be another church that's being built, and after that, there's another ch church that's going to be built. And 
she was not going to see Tim for like several days, not till like September 17th. I don't remember the exact dates, but this is what I do remember. During those times, it gives her an opportunity to lean, lean even more on God, you know, and uh, and that's what I need to remember for myself, you know, to lean lean on God every day, and God will take care of the rest. You know, God will do what what I can't do because of myself, I am nothing. But with God, all things are possible. Hi, my name is Dennis, and I tend to be an emotional guy, so if I start crying, just be with me for a minute. Um, a couple of people have mentioned the young boy, Benjamin. I was outside with him one day, him and another young kid, Luis, and we're going over pictures on my phone, and I'm telling them what it is in English. They're telling me what it is in Spanish. Now, these kids live in the jungle. They have no TVs or anything like that. I came across a picture of Sylvester Stallone, and they both go, oh, Rambo. I'm like, yeah, that's Rambo. I don't know how you know it, but it is. And uh, I also learned that Ecuadorian children love Snapchat filters as much as American children. So if you're ever in the jungle, bring Snapchat. But um, two years ago, um, God told me at a youth convention that I was going on the next missions trip. So it was, I was here that Sunday. I was here that Sunday, and... Pastor Doug mentioned that we're going to be going on a mission trip, and it's going to be to Ecuador. And I'm like, oh, man, that's the one. I got to go. And thank God it's Ecuador because I know Tim and Debbie, so at least I know more people there. And, um, but when we got there, I was a little bit nervous about going. I'd never been out of the country except for Canada, which is like going to your next-door neighbor. So we're actually going to be flying somewhere over the ocean a little bit, and that was a little nerve-wracking for me. And, but once we landed and we got there, all my anxiety was was gone, completely gone. God completely calmed me, and I was able to do the work that he wanted me to do. But um, the main thing that stuck out to me the most was at Teen Challenge, our first, our first service. And um, they don't have a whole lot. The service they have up here, we have a sound system. We have all kinds of live music, which is wonderful. But there, all they had was a computer and a projection screen. And that, that service was one of the most services that I felt God's presence. It was, it was amazing. I, could, I was there worshiping what I could because I don't speak the language, but I was doing as best I could and just more absorbing God's presence and just looking around at the, at the men there. And their Sundays are family days. They're able to have their family with them. And just to see them there with their family and some of them lying on their face and praise just from a computer and a projection screen. And it's just basically God telling me you can worship me no matter where you are with what you got and uh, that was uh, most meaningful for me getting tired of listening I'll set my timer that's what good speakers do right uh, so yes I'm part of Tim Anderson's marriage I'm the other half my name is my name is Debbie we were married here we both ended up at Grace Assembly the same month of the same year which was 38 years ago. Um, there were missionaries here that inspired me, and God called me right out of this church. I challenged the youth, give a year and pray about a lifetime. Give a year and pray about a lifetime. We have a shortage in Assembly of God World Missions right now. We are going to retire 55% of our missionary force within the next 10 years. So we need you to pray. It says serve and train and plant and reach. What part of that are you committed to? Are you committed to all the parts? Are you committed to the pieces of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, starting right with your family, your neighbors, your workplace, Syracuse, and go beyond? When the Lord allows through Pastor Doug a possibility for a missions trip, seriously pray for that. I can tell you, pretty assuredly that these aren't the same 13 people that they were before the trip. It's something that happens when you get out of this country and you go into a third world country and you begin to just love people. You serve the poor. You train leaders. You plant, lead, what do you do there? Plant churches. I couldn't see because of heads over there. Plant churches and reach the lost. Reach the lost. That's, that's a command. If you're a missionary, I mean, excuse me, if you're a Christian, you're a missionary. If you're not a missionary, you're a mission field. And we have wonderful ways to lead you to the foot of the cross this morning. 
Uh, we would not have a missions vision, a missions convention, without the help of Pastor Doug, his wife Cindy, Ron Hill. Raise your hand, Ron. Ron is the head of missions. We have a missions committee. I thanked Rita. There's many people that are involved to, to promote missions, to educate you on what it is to be a missionary and what that takes as a church to thrust forth the gospel into many nations. I don't know how many nations this church supports, but I would say it's probably well over 15. And, and that doesn't even count the urban missions that you do here in Syracuse. So we just want to thank you. Um, Tim was never a Teen Challenge student, just want you to know. He was a dean of men at the Syracuse Teen Challenge. Syracuse Ch Teen Challenge is in our will, of all things. I'm down to the last 15 seconds. I'd like to introduce some people that came on a small-term uh, missions trip. I think Sabrina slipped out, but Byrne and Diane, you can raise your hands. Uh, they're sisters, uh, the Polish Dream Girls. And... Um, I'd like to also introduce my daughter, Alicia, who went to the field at age three. Can you stand up or raise your hand? So uh, I'll leave you with this. Jim Elliott was martyred in 1956 along with four other missionaries in the country of Ecuador. But here is a quote that you can take to the bank. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Thanks for praying for Tim and I. I will see him tonight, the first in a month. Um, kind of excited about that. He's down in New York City. I came in last night from Missouri. Life's busy when you're missionary, but if you're called, he's got you in the palm of his hand. God bless you. In closing here, guys, I, I just want to put an emphasis on divine appointments. Um, we've had multiple instances where uh, we were tested, our faith grew, and God always showed up. Um, when we first got to Syracuse, they were talking about one of the attendants that came uh, to help us with our bags. Um, he actually escorted us to the front of the terminal. He asked us what we were doing, what are we going to Ecuador for, and we told him that we were going to go build a church in the jungle. So right away, he's like, come with me, tell your team, get their passports, get them out, have everyone ready, follow me. So I'm like, okay. So we get to the front of the terminal in front of everyone else, and he tells the guy, Johnny, these guys are going to build a church in a the jungle. They're doing the Lord's work. Make sure you take care of them. And I'm looking at these guys going, is this really happening? You know? Um, so we started getting our bags up there, and a lot of the bags, we, we obviously weighed all of them beforehand, but some of them were 51, 52, 53 pounds. So we get them on the scale, and he's like, Johnny, it's 52 pounds. Come on, they're doing the Lord's work. Come on, give me the suitcase. <laughs> And I'm looking at these guys going, is this guy really taking these bags, 51, 52 pounds? Um, well, one of them was 53 pounds. And he looks over at me and he goes, what's in the suitcase? You got to take something out. And I said, well, we're bringing shoes. And he looks at me and he says, shoes? I said, yeah, we're bringing shoes to the jungle. And he looks at me and he goes, Johnny, they're bringing shoes to the jungle. <laughs> Come on. So right from the time that we stepped foot in the airport, God was putting people in, in positions um, to show us that he was there. Um, and just like we have um, steps of faith that we take, uh, we make choices every day that could be watering a seed that God has, God has already planted. Uh, we did a, a devotional Bible study where we talked about dominoes, where you hit one and the next one falls and the next one falls. If you take two of those out of the mix, it doesn't keep going. Um, God has divine appointments and purposes for your life. Um, for your giving, for your prayer, for your relationships, for your communities. Um, so I encourage you all to, to keep yourself in the equation of, of God's plan. Um, I have some statistics I'll share with you guys in closing, um, some construction and medical-related statistics. Um, we installed 3,500 bricks laid by three teams. There was 4,400 pounds of cement used. We went through eight cubic yards of sand. We went through 600 gallons of water for bricks and mortar. Um, in our medical clinic, we served 201 patients. We distributed a variety of vitamins, medicines, and anti-parasite medications. Um, Alex did two surgeries while we were in the jungle. Um, as far as our spiritual experiences, we prayed for our teen challenge. Uh, we dedicated the church in Kawa. Uh, we had multiple testimonies that God just had a divine purpose for. Um, 
to see Grace Assembly 22 years ago and to see the steps of faith that the congregation took back then to step, step behind Jim and the team that went there and for us to go there and see how the Lord's been working 22 years later and how now we're there building a church, um, it was just, it was amazing. Um, but in that, we had 14 people received Christ and dedicated their life to Jesus, including uh, Guillermo, our bus driver. Uh, we can clap on that. Praise God. And when our bus got stuck, I, I can't, it was an hour and a half getting the bus out. They mentioned the bus driver getting bit, the spider. Um, well, while this is all happening, we're showered, we're looking forward to the ride home. I mean, it was a, it was a, a fun adventure, but we were ready. And then the bus gets stuck. Well, if the bus didn't get stuck, there was a gentleman that we were transporting. He never would have came to know the Lord. So here we were panicking, trying to get the bus out, but God had a divine purpose for every single step of our trip. Um, so for me, it was really eye-opening to see how detailed and how specific um, God can be with all of the, um, all the details. Um, I wanted to thank Debbie and Tim. It was an amazing opportunity that we had to share life with you guys and to encourage you. Um, and I encourage all of you guys to continue to pray for our missionaries. Um, we're approaching our missions week, so um, get familiar with our missionaries. Pray for them. Encourage them. Thank you, guys. Won't you stand with me, please, this morning? I want to thank you for being the kind of church that understands that God doesn't just work within walls that some of his best work takes place outside these walls. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do over the next three weeks within our heart. Uh, we are planning other missions trips. You're going to hear about those. In the near future. How many of you feel God nudging you this morning? How many of you think you're feeling God nudging you and you just didn't want to raise your hand? There's a few more of you. <laughs> God can use you to do anything. And I'm excited to see what God wants to do.